2 Corinthians 6, 11, it says this. It says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide-open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking to you as plainly as I can, uh, with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Openly and expansively. I believe God has got a wide open, spacious, full life for you. And that compartmentalizing can limit walking in the fullness. And so each week we've been talking about different areas uh, that can compartmentalize our life. But then as well, how do we break through? Uh, how do we break through and allow the fullness of God's freedom, His life uh, that's provided through Jesus to be in our life, to live in that wide open, spacious life? First week we talked about how our thoughts and perceptions can actually compartmentalize our life. That when we, when, that aren't in line with God's word. And then we can qualify ourselves or a situation of like, okay, God wants to use this or he doesn't want to use this area. Or I need to do this. And it's our own perceptions rather than on God's word. And we transform our thinking by the renewing of our mind through God's word. Then we talked about the take back worry and how we can give things to God. God, I give you this care, but then the take back happens where we take back the care with worry and how we can actually then we talked about how do we actually cast our cares on him. And then last week, man, last week was so powerful. Uh, we talked about shame and how actually shame can cause us to cover and hide, just like Adam and Eve in the garden. Shame can cause us to feel like we got to hide or cover. And, and it's not, God doesn't bring shame on us. It's actually a tool of the enemy to try and compartmentalize or separate us from God. And that God is in the garden, as well as Jesus, he said, with the women with the issue of blood. He said, where are you? And shame, here's, he's coming to, to punish me, to beat me up. But actually, no, 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 He's saying, where are you? Because he's got grace. He's got love. He's got healing. He's got mercy. And he wants to bring that to you. He wants to bring freedom to you. So we're going to continue on uh, in identifying an aspect. And then how do we break through so that we can live in the freedom? If you're taking notes, the title of my message today is pause and breathe. Pause and breathe. Do you remember a time when you've been out of breath? Do you remember a time like that? For me this morning when I was walking up the stairs carrying some of those speakers. Okay, um, but <laughs> do you remember a time where it was like, I, I felt like I can't breathe or I can't catch my breath? I remember one time uh, in school, this was, I was running cross country. This was one of my, it was, I, actually it was my first race in cross country. And I felt good going into it. Like grade seven Josiah feeling good. All right. And I'm like, I trained before. I was running. I was doing what I needed to do. I felt good going into it. I felt, okay, here we go. So I'm at the starting line and there is a ton of other people. It's cross country. There's like a horde of people all around. And I'm like, okay, I got this. And then I'm looking and there's some people that look like runners. I thought I was a runner. Then I looked over and I'm like, nope, 
that's a runner. And I'm thinking, okay, but I got this. I got this. I knew because we had been training in the cross country. We've been training. I knew my speed, my pace, because the cross country, it's a longer race. It's not a sprint. It's not a, a track meet. It's a longer race. So I'm like, okay, I got this. I know my speed. So we're, I'm ready. I'm looking side to side at the masses that look like runners. And I don't, good thing I didn't have a mirror, but I'm ready. And I didn't get down like this, or else then they'd really know, ooh, he doesn't belong here. But all of a sudden, the gun goes, boom. And all of a sudden, these people start pretty much full-out sprinting. And I'm like, and there was something inside. You don't do that in cross-country. You don't full-out sprint. But there was something inside of me that said, I need to keep up with these guys. I need to make sure I'm going to to beat and to win like I've been training so I am going full tilt out sprint for this long distance race I'm proud to say I was in the lead for about two minutes into the race and then after that slowly something started to happen as I'm fully running like total non-runner stance either head back like running and i'm going i'm giving it i'm full-on sprinting in a long distance race all of a sudden i feel something it's my chest starting to like get heavier and then i start to feel <gasps> and i'm trying to breathe and i feel like there's like i'm having trouble breathing and then i slowly see those people that i had passed before they're somehow they look like they're jogging and they're going by me at fast pace and and i'm trying to and then finally i just have to pause and <gasps> breathe pause and breathe have you ever felt like that in life? That you're just at a full-on, full-out sprint? That it's like just go, 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 go. And life is a long-distance race, but it feels like I'm sprinting, I'm going, and then you feel like I did where it's like, feel heavy, like I can't breathe. That you're going so much that it's like, I just can't take a breath because it's just so busy, it's so go, so go, so go, go, go. Have you ever felt that way? You know, maybe it's going, going, you're going hard at work, and, and like we should do our best at work, right? Do everything we do unto the Lord, but it's like there's so many things at work. There's deadlines. Maybe there, you're short-staffed, and you're having to pick it up, and things are crazy. They're chaotic. Maybe you've picked up some overtime uh, just to get some extra dollars, and it's just crazy because then there's sacrifices that come with that, or maybe you feel rushed. You rush home to to, to like feed your kids, then like put them to bed, then somehow in there do like uh, housework in there, or maybe you're in school and there's all this like homework, like why do you send me home with this work? Why can't I do it in school? Right? There's, there's just like go, 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 go. And at times, and then it's like, okay, I got to meet this person. Okay, I got to go there. And at times it can feel like a full out sprint. It can feel like I'm just going, I'm just running, and I feel like I'm out of breath. Have you ever felt that way? It's, it's what? It's busy. It's so busy. So busy. You know, life can feel like where we're out of breath. 
And I think busyness actually can cause us to compartmentalize our life from God or separate our life from God. It's not that it's like, I don't want God to be in my life or have a greater role in my life, but it's like, God, do you mind like two weeks from now, about 8.30 to 9.15, we, we can have a time then. But right now, there's so much going on. Have you ever felt like that? That where life is just so busy. I think busyness can compartmentalize our life, separate our life. It's not like we set out. I don't think anybody sets out in life and says, I'm going to be busy. I've accomplished being fully busy, fully going, fully running. But it happens, doesn't it? Where life just fills up, where things just get busy. If you ask people how their week is, a, a lot of time the response you'll get was, it's been busy. It's been a full week. It's been a full out sprint. And it's not that we set out to do it, but it happens, I think, because of external factors and, and as well as internal factors. Maybe a situation comes up with family and that takes busy, it, busyness or you're trying to run a business and there's busyness to that. Or there's papers due at, at school, extracurricular stuff, or maybe a member of families in hospital. It just adds busyness. Or your boss says, hey, we need this done, and so you got to put overtime in, and it just becomes busy. Or even internal factors of like, hey, I want to do well. I want to do, get this done. I want to work hard to succeed, or I want to be the best dad so you do, or best, best um, parent so you do what you can, or I want to be the best spouse so you do what you can. But in that, it's busy. It's go. It's go. And on top of the go, there's another go, right? One of my favorite books as a kid was Go Dogs Go. I don't know if you've read that. Great book. Maybe another Sunday we can read that. Great book. Um, but go. Busy, busy, busy. And busyness at times can feel overwhelming, can't it? Where it feels overwhelming and hard to breathe. And I think we can have a desire to encounter God, but at times it just feels like there's not room. It's like my day's already so packed, I don't know where there's room to breathe. Have you been there? I know I have. I think King David was there too. You know, David, the guy with the slingshot, David, the king of Israel, he was there too, where he felt overwhelmed and at times where he couldn't breathe. In Psalm 61, he wrote uh, how his heart felt overwhelmed. You could say that he felt that he couldn't breathe or take a breath. Um, but what he wrote in the Psalms by inspiration of God, I think speaks to us today. Psalm 61, 1 to 8, it says this. It says, hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart, uh, heart is overwhelmed, when it feels like I'm sprinting, I can't breathe. When it feels like <gasps> it's go, 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 go. Uh, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my shelter for me, a strong tower from my enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in uh, the shelter of your wings 
Selah. Selah. And then David goes on and, uh, in the psalm and keeps going. But David was calling out to God in the midst of where he felt overwhelmed by what was going on around him. When I think when he felt like he couldn't catch a breath. Where he felt like on that track meet of, that's the issue right there. I said track meet. No, it was cross country. In the midst of this psalm though, David said something and he said, Selah, Selah. And, and that word Selah, uh, it means to pause. The, the Hebrew version, it means to pause. Now, some see Selah as a musical interlude because Psalms really is a book of poetic songs. But I think it actually has a greater, deeper meaning than just to a musical interlude of, okay, don't blow your trumpet right now, right? I think there's actually something else. In Psalm 61.4, it says this. It says, uh, in the Passions translation, it puts it really well. It says, keep me in his glory. Let me live continually under your splendor shadow, hiding my life in you forever. Then here's what it says. It says, pause in his presence. They tr translate sila to pause in his presence. I think this translation puts it so beautifully that, and I believe it captures what David's writing of the meaning of Selah, is that in the midst of when he's feeling overwhelmed, in the midst where he feels like, <gasps> I can't breathe, to pause in his presence. When we are in the midst of busyness, when we're in the midst of go, 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 when we feel like we can't breathe, when we're overwhelmed, when life seems like going and insane, that we can actually pause in his presence. When we feel like it's go with work, with family, with relationships, uh, with, with maybe finances, and it feels like you've been sprinting uh, in a long distance race, and you're like, I don't even see the finish line. And it feels like you're just go, 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 in order to catch your breath. I think there's only one way to truly catch your breath, and that is to pause in his presence to pause in his presence why pause in his presence because the very breath that we're breathing comes from him in genesis 2 7 it says this it says and the lord god formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils uh, the breath of life and man became a living being god breathed into man and then adam <gasps> he was alive and the life that you have is because God breathed his breath into you. And that is why when we feel like we can't breathe in life, when we feel like there's not a time to catch our breath, the only source to be able to breathe again is to pause in his presence, to pause and to breathe. Because recycled air isn't enough. You know, you don't want, like, if I have to a choice between Rocky Mountain air or airplane air. I don't know what you choose, but I would choose Rocky Mountain air, right? I want to take a deep breath in, the fresh, the real, not the recycled, the trying to make it work, the like weirdly filtered, why is this fog coming out of there, um, air. So no, yeah, that's what it is. But to catch your breath and breathe in his presence. 
in life, it's hard, where it feels like it's hard to breathe, we need to pause in his presence. Because Acts 3, it talks about that there are times of refreshing that come from the Spirit of God. And it is not going to come from uh, anything else than pausing in his presence, from pausing and breathing. You know, there's a story of Jesus going to home of two sisters in Luke 10. And one sister is super busy, super go, 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 go. I would probably actually really identify with this, this lady. I'm like, yeah, I feel you. Go, go, go. There's stuff to do. There were, and it's totally fair. There were things to be done. She was hosting a party, and there was stuff that needed to be done. In Luke 10, it says this. Now they were tra- uh, traveling along, uh, and he, being Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was dis- uh, distracted with all her preparations, and she came to him and said, Lord, uh, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Fair. I am on Martha's side. I'm like, why is she being lazy? Get her to do something else. Many hands make light work. Like, stop doing that. I think totally fair. I'm on Martha's side. Go, Martha. Don't let them walk. Don't let Mary walk all over you. Stand up for yourself. I'm like on her side. Uh, She goes on and says, then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered to her and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. So Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. What? Like, I totally understand Martha's point. Mary, get to work. Like, if you get to work, then maybe I could sit down too. Fair. I think so. I'm on her side. But I think what's interesting about this passage is that Jesus doesn't say, Martha, you shouldn't do any of that work. You're bad for doing work. He doesn't actually say that. He doesn't say, don't do work. That's bad. No, it actually says he addresses, not that, doesn't say the work is bad. It says the worriedness and the bothering is what is actually not right. That's what he addresses. He doesn't address the work, but the worry out of it. And that maybe she was doing all this work out of worry, which I find is very interesting. I think by Jesus, I think Jesus knew stuff needed to get done. Stuff needed to get done. Work needed to be done. But he said, what, what he said was this, the necessary thing in the midst of work, in the midst of the stuff that needs to be done, the necessary thing, not don't work, but the necessary thing amongst all the things that you need to do is what Mary is doing, is sitting at the feet of Jesus to pause and to breathe. In the midst of busyness of life, pausing and breathing with Jesus was the necessary thing. Why? Because it's not a sprint. Life is a marathon. And know what? There's times where you need to pause and breathe. We can't be sprinting the whole way through. Now, you may be thinking this because I was thinking this. In the midst of busyness, in the midst of go, 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 how do I actually do that? 
Like, how do I actually pause in his presence when I feel like I haven't even paused to eat? I haven't eaten lunch in four months, Josiah. It's go, 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 right? How do I actually do that? I think, fair question. I asked myself that because actually for me, God has been really speaking to me about how busyness in my own life has actually been compartmentalizing and holding off certain areas of my life to God because it's go, 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 go. And I found I'm always going, that there's always something to do, that it's like, I, I, if I'm even driving, I, silence is weird because I'm like always just, there's something to do. So I'm like either listening to the radio, listening about the election, or trying to like, you know, I'm doing stuff or listening to a podcast to better myself while I'm driving from meeting to meeting. And it's just go, 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 go. So when God was saying this to me, I'm like, how? How do I do that? If I feel like I don't have time for anything else, how do I actually practically do this? So here's the first thing that I think it, to tear down the compartmentalized life of busyness. I think it's this. is First, I think we need to identify that we're in a full-on sprint. Like to identify, I'm busy. I'm in a full-out sprint and I can't breathe. Because if you're just like, okay, this is just normal, or this is just the way it is, I think then it doesn't change anything. It's not sustainable. You know, or maybe light, right now is a crazy season in life. I think we need to identify that, you know what, I'm in a full-out sprint right now. I'm go, 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 go. Things are busy right now. So first, I think, is identify it, because once you identify it, then you can allow God to work, and allow him as well to be like, God, use me in this. Help me work through this. I've, I think sometimes, though, when we're in a full-out sprint in life or busyness of life, we don't even recognize it. Like, have you ever been there, like, maybe when you're driving, and you don't know you're lost, but you're like, your, your, your uh, co-driver wife knows you're lost, right? And she's like, where are you going? I'm not going on Adventure Road. <laughs> I thought we we're just going to uh, Vancouver. Nope, we're not. We're going on Adventure Road, right? Have you ever been there? Maybe you have where you, where you didn't know you're lost, but someone else does. I think God knows that too. When we don't realize, hey, we're going at an unsustainable pace and busyness and go, 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 go. I think God knows. And I think we can actually ask him and say, God, could you point out things that if I'm go, 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 if I'm busy, if I'm not pausing to breathe. In Psalms 139, uh, David writes this. He says, God, I invite you to search. Uh, in, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. For, uh, from out of everything uh, that may be hidden within me, put me to the test and uh, sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any uh, path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. Isn't that good? So I think once we identify, hey, I'm busy or I'm just go, go, go sprinting, this isn't sustainable. I think the second thing, and this is the only other thing, because if you're busy right now, you don't need 10 things, you just need a second thing. Um, and the second thing is this, is to make a plan to pause and breathe. I'm getting super practical of like, make a plan. 
to pause and breathe. You know, Hebrews 4.11 says, therefore, let us uh, be diligent to enter that rest. I think we need to be diligent to enter the rest of God, to be able to, to pause and breathe. Because if we just think, I need to take more time to pause and breathe or pause and stop, it won't happen. Thoughts are great, but thoughts go. But if you make a plan and stick to it, I think then you'll actually be able to. Being diligent to enter into his rest in the midst of busyness. So I'll give you some ideas of making a plan of how do I make time in my busyness to breathe. Maybe it's waking up, setting your alarm not an hour ahead. Maybe it's 10 minutes before you're supposed to get up. And that 10 minute extra is then when you pause and you get your air. You breathe. You spend time with Jesus. You, get, you start the day off right. Maybe it's you set a reminder on your phone that like whatever time in the day, it pops up. It says, take two minutes to pause and breathe. Now, maybe you think, Josiah, I don't even have two minutes of time because it is so go, 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 go. But let's be real. I find time in the midst of busyness to go on Instagram. I find time in the midst of how busy everything is to pop onto Facebook. I think I can find two minutes to just breathe. And if I actually make a plan of, say, have a notification come up at 2 o'clock every day, or maybe 2 and then 8 o'clock of pause and breathe, then I do it. It's a plan rather than wishful thinking. Maybe it's uh, part of something that I've actually done for my plan of to pause and breathe in my own life is I've now, when I drive, because I do so many meetings and going from place to place to place, and it's just busyness, I've decided I'm not going to drive with the radio on or listen to podcasts. I'm actually going to take this time to pause and breathe when I'm driving from place to place and allow God to speak to me in the car when I'm driving. Actually, that's when the most when I hear God's voice. But it's true. I'm like, Nat, I was just driving to Superstore picking up diapers and then I hear this and now it's a series. No, but so now that's actually part of what I'm doing for my plan because I've realized, you know what? I need a plan. I've identified I'm go, go, go. I need to find time to pause and to breathe. Maybe there's things where it's before every meeting or certain meetings, you feel a bit of, <gasps> maybe before those meetings, you put another meeting in your phone and that's a two minute pausing to breathe with Jesus. If you can make time for that meeting, I think you can make a two minute, even a one minute where you just pause, you breathe, you reflect, God, you are with me. God, you are for me. It is not by my strength. It is not by my power, but it is by your spirit. And you pause and you catch your breath. I think the first thing is what? It's just identify. Am I busy? Then the second thing is just quite simply make a plan. Make a plan, a very practical plan. Not like once God stops the sun, like for, for, um, uh, for Joshua, then I will take time. No, it's how do I can even find, because it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out, two-hour period every day. I think we can sprinkle breaths throughout our day. Just one minute of pausing, five minutes of pausing, 
Maybe starting off the day 10 minutes earlier to pause. Or maybe it's instead of click letting Netflix just go to that one next show for the seventh time, because it's a good show, maybe that last time it's just a pause and breathe. Pause and breathe. I think we need to be diligent to pause and to breathe, to enter into his rest, to connect with God. Not allow busyness of our life to compartmentalize or to separate our lives from God. Because let's be real, life is crazy. Our Western culture, our Calgary culture, it is go. It is crazy. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. I'm not wanting to run on recycled air. I want to pause and breathe in his presence because then you're acknowledging and allowing the same power that raised Christ from the dead that now dwells in you to now fill what you're going about doing. It will allow you to sustain you and to empower you. Jesus, he's come to give you life and abundant life, free from the weight of busyness where you feel at times where I can't breathe. He has come to give you an abundant life where you cannot just have that recycled air, but breathe the freshness, the breath of God into your life. Go to the source to pause and breathe.